0: What, co- what, 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 head coach in major sports history goes under five hundred and mismanages the most important asset in the team's future, and then gets extended?
1: What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode four of the Breaking the Plane podcast. As always, I'm your host, Burge, right here in the main chair with me tonight, Joe Sure, my co-host, and our producer slash third chair, Mr. Kojak Stan, as it says on the video tonight, Brennan Allen. <laughs> What's, going on, What's going on, guys? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Listen, I'm What's a lot on, happier,
2: damn
0: it. Yeah, it's not It's, <laughs> not a, uh, it's not a suicide watch podcast anymore. I think you do. No, <it> still is. <laughs> Oh
1: man, we got a good one in store for you guys tonight. Uh we have uh some games to break down from week seven in the NFL, as well as some picks for week eight. And I think you might be surprised by some of our picks here. As always, we're brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. If you're on Twitter, give them a follow at Primetime Prods and on their website, primetimeproductions.net. A lot of big things are happening there, lots of giveaways going on right now. So be sure to check them out. Every sport is covered, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and, of course, like us, NFL. Also have a college football podcast that just joined the network. So be sure if you're a big college football fan to check them out. We're continuing to grow. We're continuing to, you know, add more content to our site. So give us a follow. And, yeah, quite a week seven in the NFL here. Uh, There was uh, quite a few games here, you know, That didn't go the way that we foresaw in our last episode when we got here to record. I think uh, our picks last week kind of got eviscerated by by these teams that decided to show up when we didn't think that they would. And my picks were awful. I'm going to start off by saying that. My picks were terrible. I had Miami minus two. I think minus two as my lock last week. Let's just say they got their doors blown off by the the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football in primetime. We'll get into that game a little bit later. Joe Joe Scherzlock here, the the Detroit Lions last week. <laughs> another one that just got absolutely blown uh, out of the water. Can't the feel only good thing locked that locked me in
0: was the closet, dude. I was so sad after that game, dude. <laughs> I lo- it was like going across the ticker on the bottom, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, oh, fuck because you like you're on the you're riding the high from the Pats game yep. where the Pats are playing out of their fucking mind the, the 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 looks like the Bills are about to give this one away you're on cloud 9 and you look at that bottom ticker for one second and you see your lock getting absolutely drilled
1: yes yes that's not a, that's not a good feeling to have and yeah i remember i think i saw i was 21 nothing and i just put in our group chat that we have i'm like oh joe how's that lock looking this
0: week yeah, no nice sharp pick <laughs>
1: You know, it's gonna happen. We'll be better this week. I think we got some good ones for you this week. So we'll be better, better with
0: that. But or fade I'll... us. Fade us and tell us that you won. Like when you fade us, show me your slip. I don't care. That's funny as hell.
1: Chirp the hell out of us. We're here for it. We're here for it. So I just want to get into this because we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk Great. about with uh, with what went on in week seven and you know what we got coming up here in week eight. So we'll start off Joe Scher's pick. His lovely pick, lock of the week. The Detroit Lions visiting the Baltimore Ravens. And this wasn't even a game. This wasn't even a game. It was 28 to nothing at half. It was 35 nothing before the Lions even scored. All right. Final score of the game was 38 to 6 Baltimore. <laughs> and I, I'm going to start off by saying I'm a big believer in what the Lions are doing this year. I want them to win the Super Bowl if my Patriots don't get there, which they're not going to. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, clip you, know, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's it's just one of those games. I think it was a uh, I think the Detroit Lions might have gone in, maybe feeling feeling themselves a little too much. I mean, we all were feeling them hard last week. If you listened to our episode last week, we were all basically on our knees for everything the Detroit Lions are doing.
0: And I was on my knees, so Dan Cable would not bite them off.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. They didn't show up to play in this game. Let's be real. I mean, you can't even blame it really on injuries at this point. I know they were down their number one running back and David Montgomery in this one. Fantasy talk later on. I'll get into that. Um, but yeah, Lamar Jackson had himself a day. Through for two, uh, three fifty seven and three touchdowns. Only threw six incompletions in this game, and it's know, they're right. Really their running game was effective with Gus Edwards and it seemed like everybody was getting involved with a catch in the offense. And it's not something that we've seen from Lamar Jackson. really a, a true threat in the passing game, you know, this year yet on the lion side, uh, they just, they just didn't have it. They didn't have their running game. Like, you know, they were relying on, but David Montgomery out, they only rushed the ball 14 times and Jared Goff did throw an interception was sacked five times in this game. And it just it just was like almost a no show performance
0: from the Detroit Lions.
1: What are your thoughts, Joe?
0: Uh, I think I mean looking back on it, Baltimore was due. They had uh, a couple like lackluster offensive performances the week, the a couple weeks prior. They average almost five and a half – oh excuse me, they average almost five and a half yards on the gr- per carry on the ground there. Uh, they're gonna they're a great team from playing ahead. Um, a lot of play action passes allowed Lamar Jackson to get really comfortable, like you said, uh, very efficient day. 21 of, uh, 21 of 27. Um, and I think that another thing you said there is he was spreading the ball around. Uh, I mean, a defense can only do so much, can only cover so many guys, right? So when you're, when you have it going, when you can scheme different guys open and you can kind of work matchups any way you want. And then you also have like a top, whatever, five, six quarterback in the league. It's going to, it's all going to work in your favor. Um, Detroit was riding high. I think that, um, Sometimes these emotional teams, I think we talked about that last week, how like Detroit, one of the reasons Detroit is so fun to watch is their buy-in factor and how hard they play. And I think that uh, sometimes that doesn't travel. You know what I mean? Sometimes it just doesn't travel. Um, and I think you're going up against a Baltimore Ravens team who's just as physical as the Lions. Uh, they're not a uh, – they're they are kind of a hard-nosed, run-first football team. Um So it's kind of a perfect disaster for my pick and the Lions itself. I mean, I thought getting three on the road, I thought that would be a tough game. Uh, I looked at it as uh, usually a defense, uh, 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 an elite defensive unit, usually triumphs over an elite offensive unit. Uh, The Lions had the number one run defense going into this game, and uh, the Ravens had one of the top uh, run offenses going into this game. So usually when a have matchup like that happens, you, I, I usually try to lean defense, mm-hmm. and especially if you're getting the points on the road when you're expecting a closer game. Obviously none of that matters now. Lamar Jackson was on fire. They got out to an early lead, which allowed them to hit the play-action plays. Uh, Lamar only has, I think it was 29 uh, play-action attempts before this game, and I think that they increased by – I think they had like almost – Uh, A third of that in this game. I think they had like 10, 12 play action attempts in this game, which is almost half of their passing attempts. Um, Lamar looks good. I said a couple weeks ago that I thought he was going to come out swinging this year with a new contract. Maybe it's taking them a little bit of time. I know they got some new pieces. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Mark Andrews is still good. Gus Edwards is still good. Like I think that as long as you have an elite, uh, as long as you have an elite quarterback, you have an opportunity to win games. And when you're on fire and clicking on all cylinders, is what it looks like on Sunday in Baltimore. Uh,
1: absolutely. And you know, when you get a one reception, eighty yards performance out of your running back, that's a good. That's <laughs> a good, you're good, you're having a day out yeah. there. I mean, even on the ground game, they average five point four yards per carry in this one. Gus Edwards. Justice Hill and Lamar Jackson all were having themselves a day. I mean, Justice Hill averaged 11 and half yards a carry on his four carries. I mean, that's 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 a recipe for success, you know. Especially in today's NFL, where
0: dude, their fullback had two receptions for thirty yards. <laughs> I like, know. What are we I, doing here?
1: I know. I mean, you look, you count the guys. I mean, they every it seems like everybody had had a reception in this one. Gus Edwards, Dave Flowers,
0: Odell Dave Beckham. Is good. I'm looking at his. I'm looking at his kind of like player profile right now. This dude's. He's gonna be a problem for a really, really long time,
1: and it's something that this Baltimore Ravens team has been sorely missing over the last few years for Lamar. They haven't really had a legitimate target outside of the tight end Mark Andrews. He's been like the only target there that has consistently shown up on a weekly basis, and if Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers has contributed quite a bit in this first we'll say half of the season i know we're not there yet but we'll call it the half of the season he has been, he's shown up and he's well on his way to an offensive rookie of the year uh you know campaign getting odell beckham jr involved i mean he he led the team with five receptions this one but he only had 49 yards say flowers has 75 hard,
0: i think that he needs to i think i think honestly odell needs to evolve into like a giant or not a giant, but like a big slot, big outside slot, uh, big outside re- possession receiver, not a slot receiver, but a possession receiver. I think he's shown some flashes and he still has the athleticism, but I think his hands and his catch radius should be what he's leaning on right now. And I think it's working perfect for, because some of those, uh, some of those receptions were like little over the middle, like chain movers, second, third down, seven, eight yard, kind of quick hitters. And then they have Z flowers. Who's just an, excellent route runner and then mm-hmm. like an amazing run after catch guy. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I think that it's kind of nice seeing Odell kind of evolve a little bit as a player. Absolutely. I mean, he has to. He's
1: getting older, so he's got to kind of change his yeah. game a bit. And, you know, in order to stay in the league, you got to kind of adapt and find something that works for you with a certain system, a certain scheme, a certain team, given the personnel and all that. How would you feel about Nelson Aguilar get catching a touchdown on this one? How would that make you feel?
0: I don't know. It's just like – yeah. Which makes me so angry. <laughs> sometimes so I don't know. My buddy, I have a buddy who, who like has like this car detailing business, and uh Aguilar was one of his clients and he said he was like nice, really nice car, wicked nice guy. So I don't want to disparage the dude because he's like actually a good guy, but god damn, is he bad at football sometimes, dude? That one, what do you was it last week or the week before the drop that he had? No, yeah, it's it was awful. It was it was Devontae Parker-esque. It was <laughs> It baffles me sometimes how bad at catching a football these wide receivers and like pass catchers in the NFL could be when that's literally your job. You know what I mean? I mean yeah, imagine definitely. if like you were, imagine if like somebody tried to make me like a, like a, like a, like a head chef at a restaurant. Be like, all right, you're the head chef at this restaurant. Your one job is to cook. All right, what's the worst thing in your repertoire? I'm like, I can't cook. I'm like, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's Nelson Aguilar. He's like, you're a wide receiver. All you have to do is catch the ball. He's like, all right, that's good because I, I can't do that it's, I don't know. And he had that one catch on the Patriots where he like Moss, guy like reached over in front yep. of him and caught it. And then like half the time it hits him in the hands. And he doesn't make the catch. We got, uh Agolor. I was just going to say that. Yep. Every <laughs> time reference dude. that to
1: the Philadelphia Eagles about. meme there. Yep. I, that, that, uh, that was what I was going to reference, but you know, I, yeah, I, I he have?
0: how many, how many receive one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different receivers with receptions.
1: That's huge. And that's you, the have you, have three,
0: you have nine receivers with receptions. Yeah. And you have three different receivers with six plus targets. That's the definition of spreading the ball around.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, being Patriots fans, we saw, you know, the artist at work when that, when it came to that over the last 20 years, Brady would consistently spread the ball around. Didn't matter who you were, as long as you were catching the ball and in the place you were supposed to be, he would throw you the ball. It didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter, you know, what your name was, he'd get you the ball if he trusted you. And it seems like maybe Lamar is starting to kind of get a little bit of that. I mean, I I'd like to see it for more than one game to see if he can actually be that passing type quarterback. I mean, everybody labels him a running back. And today, obviously on Sunday, he was absolutely the opposite of that. I mean, he he carried, he did carry the ball nine times, but he only went for 36 yards. He did score a touchdown. Uh, his only long run was ten yards, so it's not like he was he had a massive run in there. It'll be interesting to see how his game evolves going forward, and if he can put that kind of performance together on a weekly basis, the Ravens are going to be a team that 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 you got to really w- kind of watch out for, and especially in that AFC North, that's kind of wide open. I would say at this point with Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Pittsburgh's making a little bit of noise. I'm not really a buyer in them just yet. I, I think they're a team that's overachieving, a bad team that's finding a way to win games. But at the end of the I day, Tom, that can, Tomlin's
0: got it going right now. I think he's he's an excellent coach.
1: That's an absolute way that you, that you can build success for for your team. And we'll, you know, I don't know if we're going to get much into the Steelers talk this week, but I'm sure you know in the coming weeks if they continue doing what they're doing, we're going to get into it. I just – I want to get back to the Lions a little bit here and this kind of no-show performance, if you want to call it that. I mean, you want to talk about a tale of two offenses in this game, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens spreading the ball around. Jared Goff in the Lions yeah. kind of fixated on a couple of receivers. He fixated on Amon Ross St. Brown, my boy, I love that guy, his running back Jaheer Gibbs, and then Sam Laporte of the tight end. I mean – uh, between the two of he them, he looks pretty had, good, dude. He looks yeah, like a steel. This, the tight end, it looks great. Don't get me wrong, but he had thirty-three completions. Twenty-eight of them went to those three guys.
0: Yeah, I'm on, that's not I'm a a. Brown for had 19, 19 targets. That's
1: that's a lot. Yeah. And for my fantasy team, I love it. But for a, a, you know a recipe for success for an NFL team, that's that's not really uh, a recipe for success.
0: I really don't think yeah. I I mean you make a lot of good points there, but I don't think I don't I don't know. I think that I think I think Detroit lost this game on defense. I mean, you're not gonna win a lot of games in the NFL giving up thirty eight points, uh, especially when you're on the road. Um, but I mean, dude, I think it was more I mean, they they were down so early. They couldn't get their their I don't wanna say a front running team, but they're a run first play action team. Like I think Jerry Goff is really good. And Jerry Goff got sacked five times. Like he's going to, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a lead footed gunslinger. He's not going to be, he's not going to be running around making plays. He's not going to be avoiding the rush. He needs to be, he needs to be, he needs to be upright the entire game.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: dude, they average six yards a rush, dude. Jameer Gibbs had 11, had 11 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. Like that's that's good enough you know what I mean and it, I think mm-hmm. that the game got away from them early they had to play from behind which forced the ball into Jared Goff's hands without being able to without being able to run the play action and kind of set up the pass with the run and that gets you into that gets you into uh, targeting the same receiver 19 times 13 receptions for 102 yards isn't great efficiency you know what I mean that's under eight yards of reception and as long his long is 15 yards and then dude look I mean look and you go over to the Ravens side they have they have uh, Gus Edwards with the 80-yard reception. Zay Flowers with the 46-yard receptions. Mark Andrews, 22. Odell, 22. Richard Bateman had a 20-yard reception. Patrick Ricard had a 28-yard reception. There's mm-hmm. no explosive plays coming out of this. There's no explosive plays coming out of this, this destroyed offense, and I think that really hampered them. Because, I mean, when you see – when you're going three and out and then you're getting absolutely obliterated on defense and then coming back and going three and out again or maybe even possessing the ball for, like, a couple first downs, like – They had 20 incompletions. They he had 20 incompletions in the game. That's gonna that's gonna suck up a lot of time that the defense has to be on the field that you're not putting their defense on the field, and it just snowballs from there.
1: Absolutely, 5.4 yards per completion for Jared Goff in this one. That's not that's not a recipe for success in the NFL. And I'm gonna pose this question to you, as you know, you and I we've talked about this offline, but we're we're buyers into what the Lions are doing. Does this concern you? about the Lions prospects moving forward this season.
0: No, I, I I I it doesn't. First of all, like we have to like dude, the Ravens are good. The Ravens are the Ravens are habitually a top half AFC team. Habitual um play, I don't want to say Super Bowl, but they're a good team. They have a good coach, they have good structure, they have good players. They've been good for a while. Mm-hmm. They were on this they were a little bit they, they they were misfiring out of the gate a little bit. I think they got that ironed out and I think that Sometimes you just have these weeks on the road. One of your, one of your, one of your position groups doesn't show up. Your front seven doesn't show up. You get run all over for one hundred and forty-six yards, five and a half yards of carry. You can't get you. You're, you're chasing the game the whole way and Detroit's just not set up that way. The the one of the reasons why they're one of the best teams against the run is cuz they're getting up on people
1: and they're mm-hmm. forcing
0: them into forcing them into throwing and then they it, they're not giving up the the 30 40 the 30 40 touches to running backs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, it does shake my confidence a little bit. I don't think I don't think either of us had delusions of grandeur about Jared Goff. I think we know exactly what he is. He's he's a good quarterback on a good team, which kind of makes him look a little bit better and inflates his stats a little bit but i think i think they're i think they're um, a playoff team i think they're going to be vying for a playoff spot hopefully i would love to see this team i'd love to see this team get a, like uh, get some kind of like awesome matchup in the playoffs um, with like in maybe like the eagles or something like that just cuz i think that i don't know i think that the eagles or the 49ers i think they could take one of them down um, i think that i think detroit doesn't seem like a team that's going to be a great like front runner or I don't want to say front runner, but a great favorite, uh, a great team that people are picking. But I think as a scrappy underdog, I think they will always be lethal, but I think with this game, it's one of those ones where uh, the opposition got out in front. You got out of your comfort zone so early that there's really not a lot of coming back from it.
1: Absolutely. And I I'm kind of sh- going to share the same, the same sentiment on that. I think that, this might have been a, a game where the Lions get their they go checked at the door if you want to call it that they you know were riding high going into this one five and one now they're five and two they drop they get their pants blown off in Baltimore I like to see them rebound next week um, I just I, I I'm, I'm not ready to write them off yet and I'm as a fan wanting to see this team succeed after what that city has gone through over the last you know 60 70 years of never seeing a really good football seeing some really good players come through like Barry Sanders and not getting to you know really make noise Megatron. in the playoffs yeah Megatrons another one that comes to mind absolutely and i i want to see them make some noise they they got monday night football next week against the las vegas raiders i like them to win that game next week is not one of my picks but I like them to, you know, kind of right the ship to move forward. Baltimore goes to visit the Cardinals next week. I like them to continue rolling. I don't see that. Yeah, I don't see the Cardinals being able to really withstand withstand Baltimore. And I think Baltimore has a chance to really kind of assert themselves if they win another one, go six and two. You're really talking about them going forward,
0: especially in that AFC North where you've got. I mean, the Steelers are no lock. Cincinnati mm-hmm. has not been playing well. They're on the come a little bit, um, but yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh this is one of those classic game, two good teams play, one good team has a good day, mm. one good team has a bad day, and I think that maybe people blow it out of proportion. But everybody knows all the BTP, all the the millions of BTP loyal fans, they know that we're a this is a pro Lions podcast, so we're not gonna bury them just
1: yet. No, not yet, not yet. We're not there yet. But if you want to talk about a team that might have got their their ego checked at the door, we're gonna move on to the Buffalo Bills visiting Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Mass., taking on the New England Patriots. And the Buffalo uh, kind of walked in here. And my guess is coming in against a 1-5 and Patriots team, a team that looked absolutely atrocious the last three weeks. I don't think that here on the BTP podcast that we've uh, kind of held anything back talking about this Patriots team and how disappointing they've been over the last three weeks. Baby thought they were gonna come in, have an easy walk to win like they have over the past couple of years. Josh Allen was gonna do his thing and they were gonna win. End of the day, Patriots come out with the victory in the last seconds of this game. 29-25 over the Buffalo Bills. I'm I'm gonna lead off with saying I think the Patriots were in control of this game the entire way. They up until the, the end of the game, where there was a bad turnover by Kendrick Bourne with a fumble. I thought that the did Patriots- you see his
0: comment on uh Hunter Henry's Instagram post? I didn't. Henry was like posted something, he was like drinking a high nude or whatever. And Bourne commented, like referencing his fumble, he commented, Thanks for saving my career, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: that's a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, the Patriots in this game obviously they came in with nothing to lose. The Patriots had you know their season, you could call call their season on the line, but. You know, we'll get into it in a little bit, talking about, you know, where the outlook is for that team. But a team like Buffalo has come in here and has absolutely dominated the Patriots over the last three years, to my dismay. as It's been two punts in three games, something like that. Dude, it was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. You had the game in the playoffs where they scored touchdowns in every single offensive drive. You had the only win that the Patriots have had post Tom Brady here in New England was the weather game where basically I think the Patriots threw the ball three times in that game and they just ran the ball down and they just ran the ball and they ended up coming out of Buffalo with a victory there. Felt good as a Patriots fan for me. I hate the Buffalo bills. I've made no secret of that here on the BTP podcast. Really wanted. I've actually went to two Buffalo bills Patriots games over the last two years watching them get their doors blown off at Gillette stadium, thinking that they had a shot to win the game. Wish I was there this weekend. I'm not going to lie to you, but it it just seemed like uh, it seemed like a little bit of a different team for the, on the new England side. And we'll get into the Buffalo side in a little bit, but it seemed like a little bit of a different team. They seemed, they protected the quarterback better. They seemed in sync on offense and they made the plays they needed to when they when they needed to on the defensive side. I mean, they, the defense wasn't great in this one, they but they did what they had to do when they needed to do it. And you can tr- you attribute the the play to injuries or whatever. I, I don't count injuries as an excuse. Uh, you know, check that Buffalo Bills fans don't be coming at me saying all oh, your team is hurt, but it's not an excuse. <laughs> Mac Jones only threw five incompletions in this game. He was twenty-five of thirty for two seventy-two and two touchdowns. Uh, they didn't really run the ball well, which I found kind of surprising, considering what we thought the team was going to be this year. It's
0: kind of like they, just well enough to be effective.
1: They were what they they did enough. They were averaging just under, I want to say, just about four yards a carry in this one. Zeke Elliott did punch in a touchdown and. I think the biggest takeaway for me on the offensive side of the ball for the New England Patriots in this one was a, the offensive line protected Mac. He, they moved him when you to right tackle, which I think all of us were, at least me, I won't speak for you, Joe, but for me, I've been going no, for that. Shoot, for like what was the years. first comment
0: I made about the yeah, game? We were finally. on the course for the first quarter. And as soon as I turned on the game, I was like 71 is that right tackle. That is a win for the objective, an objective win for Patriots fans everywhere.
1: I mean, we've been talking about this for years now. Like, why are we playing him at guard? I mean, he play, I think his first season here, he played right tackle, and he was incredible, and then the next He's year... He's massive! That, He's not yeah. built like a guard! And then they moved him inside for for whatever reason, and it, it kind of went downhill. So, I hope that they keep him there. I'd love to see them extend him as a right tackle, because I really believe he can be effective in that position. Second, second thing was, how about Pop Douglas in this one? I mean, he only had four catches for 54 yards, but you noticed every single one of those catches.
0: Yeah. I think he had two, uh, he drew two PIs as well. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, very efficient game. Absolutely talented.
1: He's, he's the most talented receiver in that room. As far as I'm concerned. And maybe Kendrick Bourne gives him a run for his money, but you know, we'll see what happens. I, I want to see if he gets benched again, dude, I'm going to lose my mind. He, he absolutely cannot get benched. He absolutely cannot get benched. And you know, Another big surprise, Farrell Bra- Brown, the tight end. It happened a couple weeks ago where he came out of nowhere and had a massive catch. He had two receptions, 51 yards in this
0: one. Dude, That, hey. that one in the, that one late in the game over the guys over the yeah. back shoulder was a great throw by Mac under pressure and a great adjustment by the receiver. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You got, you got three legitimate tight ends right now. I'm not, I don't want to go too crazy on the Farrell Brown shit, but like, I think it was his first reception. He was like stepping out of tackles and running guys over and shit. And I was like, "Like, who the fuck is him?" Like, dude, he's played for like four. He's played for like three or four teams, and he's finally getting some run. He's big. He looks. He looks intimidating. He's a really good blocker. And if you hit him in the frame, he's going to catch it. Absolutely.
1: And you know, he can play that kind of that role that is that stereotypical Patriots role where you want a guy that can sit in there and act act like a seventh offensive lineman or sixth offensive lineman, but he can also go out there and catch the ball.
0: So Tim Wright. That was, was a yeah. huge piece of a Super Bowl team.
1: Absolutely. And I loved that acquisition when it happened. And he, yeah, he was only here for one year, but he fucking filled that role beautifully. My, my, my third point here, Mac Jones had himself a day. Like he was standing in the pocket. Get it. You, you can argue that he made some mistakes and that were covered up by either penalty. He had a perfect,
0: or, he had a, he had, he had a fucking big boy, legitimate fourth quarter. I yes. will say that. He, Finally. he, he was, he was the difference in the fourth quarter. Cause usually every time we talk about Mac, it's, Oh, this, Oh, that, Oh, this, Oh, that no Mac, that Mac had it. Dude. He had Trent Brown out for a series. He had, he had rookie. He had a, his best, excuse me. His best two players on offense were Kendrick Bourne and pop Douglas. Not, not absolute world beaters. Very good serviceable players. One's a rookie ones. I would say an above average player, but, Mac was the difference. Absolutely. And you know, some of those throws
1: that he made, dude, he was standing in the pocket. He stood in the pocket, waited, made the throw, stepped into the throw, and then took the hit.
0: Mm. That's what we need to see. Like, you know, the, the one you, to you, pop on the one to pop yeah. on the goal line, the one to Hunter Henry on the last mm-hmm. drive there after the Stevenson run, after the Stevenson running catch. Yeah. He seemed poised back there. Something we haven't yeah. seen
1: over the last month. Which so is that is something goes back
0: into the offensive line discussion, though. That's Absolutely. It Absolutely. shows how much of a hit, it shows how much of a mistake that was by Villa Belichick to let that get to that point.
1: Absolutely. I won't disagree with you on that at all. And I hope that they continue with this with this setup on offensive line. I think City Sow was the guard that was in there. I think yep. he held his own. Yeah, I, I think I saw some film today that he, you know, on the first contact or the first push, he got pushed back, but he recovered and he was able to hold his ground. You know, he may get pushed back at first, but like at that point he 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 buckles down and you don't feel the pressure from him. A one-you at right tackle, again, like I said, I don't want to beat the dead horse on it, but we've been saying that for years. Keep him at right tackle, he's built like it, he'll succeed there. He was not succeeding at guard, he was having his problems, his share of problems on that offensive line the last three weeks playing guard. So keep him there.
0: Yeah, he was like the number one pro football focus ranked guard last year, and then I don't know if it's his injury, but it's like you think if you put him on right tackle, he'd be a little bit more of an island and the mobility would be a little bit more uh, – he would need his mobility a little bit more, but sure. I don't know. It, he's, dude, he looked really, really good, really, really good out there on right tackle.
1: You know, and it, it, you know, Trent Brown on the other side, as long as he can stay healthy, he had himself a really good day too. They, for the most part, protected Mac Jones very well. And obviously they, they did have some help. There was a strip sack late in that game where he got hit. Mac Jones fumbled the ball, but there was a defensive holding downfield, so they kind of got
0: bailed out on that. And I think we recovered it too, or the, the offensive of lineman recovered it, right? Yeah, okay.
1: They did, but you were looking at a much different, you know, down oh, and distance yeah. situation off that. So oh, yeah. absolutely a uh, – I don't want to call it a perfect performance from the Patriots, but they had the performance that they needed to have when they needed to have it. And it, 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 I, it, you could speak to it from a – confidence mental you know whatever you want to call it standpoint but a massive win like this against a divisional opponent that has owned you over the last three years has an opportunity to kind of spark hey maybe what their coaches are doing what maybe what we're trying to do can work and we
0: can believe in the quarterback
1: maybe we can believe in the quarterback absolutely and you—I don't know if you saw the—you know—the the celebration after the game. All those guys coming up to, you know, Mac Jones. Jabril Peppers is a guy that uh, oh, they—they they, did really. I would die,
0: Jabril. If you're listening, I will die for you. I will do anything.
1: anything. Absolutely. He's the next leader of that defense. He's the next leader of that defense. He, yeah. Absolutely.
0: He He—he's especially with Judon out.
1: Yes. The way he—I love the way that he plays. He plays hard. He hits hard. And he's just—he's—he's he's always around shows up. to play. He shows up. He did have a, a missed tackle in this one that, you know, uh, would be one of my downsides from the Patriots' standpoint in this game. They were missing a ton of tackles that really, really put them in a situation to actually have to go back and come back in this game, considering they've led the entire way up until yeah. the last two minutes of the game.
0: Kyle Duggar kind of disappointed me on that one. He had a couple Absolutely. of
1: bad Kyle Duggar and then Miles Effing Bryant. Who, why is he on this oh. team? That dude, like. It's Always club. whiffing. It's just that's a problem. And they gotta correct that fast if they're gonna if they're gonna actually try to turn their season around here. They got a big matchup coming up against Miami next week, which we'll get into in our picks. But I want to I want to circle back to the Buffalo side of things. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, Joe, are you a little bit worried about this team for the rest of the season?
0: Yeah, that kind of that's actually a really good segue into kind of like what I wanted to kind of like preface this game or kind of talk about for this game. Um, You talked a lot about the Patriots, uh, made a lot of valid points. I do agree. This is um, the offense's best performance and Max' best performance of the year. Uh, I know that maybe the stats, the raw stats, don't bear it out. But I weigh fourth quarter passing stats and I weigh um, how a quarterback plays when they need it the most a lot heavier than any kind of inflated like yardage or touchdown stats that are from other, any other point in the game. And I think that his best quarter and his best time in the game was exactly when they needed it. Um, but we, on this podcast, I mean, I at least kind of sometimes I, I I categorize a game or, or, or you could say categorize a game as like, who does it tell you more about? And if you put it's this is tough, but if you put a gun to my head, this game says more about the Bills than it does say than it says about the Pats. I agree. The Patriots know the Bills so well and they exploited everything that the Bills suck at. So the Bills averaged under three and a half yards of carry. Stefan Diggs had 12 targets, six receptions for 58 yards. And that's JC Jackson, prima and Jack Jones kind of shutting him down. So when you look at it, they shut down Diggs. You let Kincaid get his. That's fine. But you have James Cook, who's a running back with three receptions for 40 yards. And then after that, you got uh, Khalil Shakur, four receptions, 35 yards. Uh, Latavius Murray, two receptions, 20 yards. Dawson Knox, one for 10. Gabe Davis, one for six. Trent Sherfield, one for five. Like you shut down Stephon Diggs, you force Josh Allen into a situation where he has to do everything, and you saw it, dude. He threw an interception in the first quarter. He had first play of the points. game. First play of the yeah. game. Yeah, dude, his first one out the shoot, dude. He probably saw he probably saw Diggs in double coverage and threw it on the, and then literally just whipped over to the other side of the field and threw it right to Jabril Peppers. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, dude, Josh Allen had seven rushing attempts for 17 yards. A couple of those, I think at least one or two of those were sacks, were pretty much sacks that he just got over the line of scrimmage and they're counting it as a rushing attempt because it says they only sacked him once for seven yards. And I think there was a couple times where I think they actually tackled them, but he just got to the line of scrimmage or mm-hmm. beyond it and they gave him a rushing attempt. But, dude, I know you said it right off the rip. Dude, the Bills defense is decimated by injuries. Mm-hmm. Dude, they had fucking guys I'd never heard of out there. Never, they elevated practice. What guys, guys off the street. All three levels were banged up. They had, uh, they had front seven injuries. They had defensive back injuries. And once again, I think I said it before w- during the Jets or the Jacksonville game, dude. The Bills' safeties, those two elites, they're getting old, bro. They're mm-hmm. still good. They're still serviceable. But we saw with Devin McCourty here in New England, dude. We saw though there was. As a free safety or as a safety in general, you really only have to lose one step. You only have to lose one step, and it gets exploited. The best part about McCordy's game, nobody got behind him. He had a great job getting to angles and stuff like that. And last year, he probably saw it himself, and that's why he retired. He was just those little things where a guy would get another 15, 20 yards because he mm-hmm. took a bad angle or he wasn't fast enough to achieve the angle that he had he, uh, chose. And I think that it's going on with Poyer, and I think – I don't know. I, I, this game says I, I think it's a positive sign for the Patriots. Like you said, Pop Douglas getting uh, having five touches in this game with six targets and pl- plus plus a plus a twenty yard end around where he he literally did a stop and start on a guy and it was like it was like they were playing different sports. It was it was a fun thing to watch. But he made a couple tough catches. Uh, that, that one catch that almost got stripped away from him in the middle of the field down by the goal line was an aw- aw- awesome catch. Awesome throw. Another awesome catch on the goal line where he kind of twisted around and caught it over defenders back. I never want to see Juju Seuss you in a Patriots uniform again. <laughs> I, I, and I think that, I, I think that if you go with Bourne and Douglas and then you go 12 personnel, I think that's your best offense for the Patriots right now. Um, Ramond, I don't know what the hell's going on. He still doesn't look, he still doesn't look right when you hand the ball off. Uh, I mean, he did have six receptions for 51 yards. I know he had the long one at the end of the game, but I mean, that's where he's a dual threat back. I think what makes him so unique is his size as, as a dual threat back. Um, he's very hard to take down, and I think when you get him out in space, just like they did on that last drive, I think he had like three or four missed ta- broken tackles on the last drive, and they were all linebackers and, uh, and defensive backs, which is where he eats. If you get him to the second level, he's going to eat on anybody. But, like, uh, not to reiterate again, but you stop Stefan Diggs, you turn it into the Josh Allen show, he turns frantic, you make him, you, you rush him, you turn him into a mediocre quarterback. The Bills have no shot, especially if they're team as banged up as they are. You can you can have P-shooter, p, uh, p, p quote-unquote, P-shooter Mac Jones uh, with a 127 rating on you. That's what's, what's going to happen.
1: Absolutely, and I, I agree with you. I think that, and just, just to add in, Dawson Knox for the Buffalo Bills is now injured. I think he's having wrist surgery, so he's going to be out oh, for really? a period of time. Yeah, so just another injury to hit Buffalo. They're a team that I think that they have not done enough in the running game to surround Josh Allen with an actual running game. Cause you give him an actual running game that offense can be lethal with, with Josh Allen's arm and scrambling ability, Stefan Diggs, although he is getting older, um, you know, they still have G- Gabe Davis as a playmaker uh, Dalton Kincaid has looked good this year. So I think they have some pieces there, but again, right now the way they're built, you, you shut down Stefan Diggs, something the Patriots haven't been able to do in the last three years. They haven't been able to do it. They finally did do it, and what happened? They finally got it, got themselves a win. They did have to sweat it out a bit. I once Bourne fumbled. I was like, all right, they're losing. This is the same Patriots. They're gonna the season's over. Oh, like, dude,
0: when he fumbled, I was like, I almost turned the game off because you know how it's gonna end.
1: I was like, you got to be kidding me! And I'm like, all right, they let they let. I was like, I was like, let Buffalo score. They're at the one yard line or whatever. It's first and goal. I'm like, let them score so you have time to to do something with it and give Mac a chance to final another chance to have that one of those drives that could be a staple and lo and behold they scored and he had that drive. So I agree. I think it says a little bit more about Buffalo. I think Buffalo is a team that is is going to make the playoffs this year, but I don't think they're gonna they may not be an easy out, but I think that they're not gonna they're not gonna contend for for a Super Bowl. They're not gonna get healthy enough. They don't have enough on offense in my opinion. Josh Allen is I think he still leads the the league in turnovers. Um, it's just it's not a recipe for success.
0: Yeah, if I'm the Bills, I trade I trade a first and second round pick to the Giants for Dayball and Saquon. I'm going to say that on every – dude, if you get Josh Allen back with Dayball and you get Saquon in that offense with Stephon Diggs and Dalton Kincaid, you are going to – that offense would be fucking unstoppable. Imagine trying to defend a read option with Josh Allen and Saquon. Like, that's unbelievable.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree hundred percent. And, you know, I, 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 believe personally that the AFC East is Miami's to lose at this point. I think we can kind of all agree on that. If it's uh, you know, if, if we're going to talk about who's going to win the divisions, you know, maybe that's a segment we can talk about maybe next week at the midway point of the season, Talk about who we think is going to win the
0: division. Oh, let's some do some superlatives next week. Yes. I'm down we'll, with that. We'll plan on that. We'll so talk about a- how my lock lost outright, and then we'll talk about some superlatives.
1: Absolutely. So there's your teaser for next week's episode, but we still have a bit to talk about here. We'll talk about Miami. I'm talking about Miami winning the division. We'll, we'll, we'll move right into that game from last week. Miami Dolphins. Oh, you don't want to talk about
0: your little, uh, your little friggin', uh, your, your little friggin', pop, your little, uh, your little news dump before the game on Sunday. Me? Your fearless leader. Oh, we can hit on that before we move on. Why don't we do that?
1: Dropped, it dropped before the games on Sunday that, uh, Bill Belichick had signed a contract extension with the New England Patriots before the season. Before the season before the season started a lucrative multi-year deal per rap sheet on Twitter came out I'm here for it I am here for it
0: what co- what 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 head coach in major sports history goes under 500 and mismanages the most important asset in the team's future and then gets extended they tell him here's some more money keep doing your job makes no sense Legacy. Legacy. That's fine. Fire his ass. Give him the Golden Bear shit. I don't give a fuck. It's so annoying, dude. Fuck you, crap. You're going to spend on Bill. You're going to give him another $40 million, but we can't spend another $10 million to go get DeAndre Hopkins? Are you kidding me? It's, 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 it's asset mismanagement. It's, it's, it's classic franchise mismanagement at its finest, dude. You said Tom Brady asked for the fucking Drew Brees contracts. Two years, 50 million guaranteed. He walks off in the sunset. You don't give him that. But Bill Belichick, after a fucking seven and 10 year, gets a, gets a contract extension. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's. It's almost like Kraft is refusing to make the team better. And I'm not saying that I want Bill fired right now. This is a really good week for Bill. And honestly, this week weeks like this and games like that is what breathes life back into Bill the coach. But there's got to there's got to be some changes, dude. You can't just roll it back out next year. You can't start 1-5 every year. You can't. It just I I don't know how when you you're bad at something, and somebody's like, I'm actually gonna let you keep doing it and give you more money. It makes no sense. It doesn't make sense logically. It makes no sense. But if you look at the last twenty years and you look at the fact that he's brought me personally more joy than any human on earth besides my fucking wife, any man on earth has brought me. I can't. Be- I just can't believe that that craft is so. Hell bent on keeping this together for so long. I'm like, dude, you have the six Super Bowls. Turn it over to your son. Make the legacy that that you kept it going. Have a legacy like that, like like the Steelers or like the Ravens, where it's it's decades and decades and decades of 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 being a model franchise. Look at the Steelers, dude. They've had three fucking coaches in their entire tenure. That's what. That's what, that, that's what Kraft wants to do. But if you keep letting people walk out the door because you keep extending Bill and you keep giving Bill all of this fucking power over the entire football operation, it's, you're not going to nurture those young growths. Look at, look, at, look at the 49ers systems. Look at the Washington systems. They're, all of these young coaches from these systems are all over the league. Where are our coaches all over the league? Where are they? Where are they? Josh McDaniels and the Raiders—they suck. And then when they suck, they come back. They Patricia sucked in Detroit, brought him back. Now he's signing contracts for guys. Now he's now he's our offensive court. Now he's our now he's our offensive line coach. That makes no fucking sense, dude. That makes no sense. And in, unless there's some shit written into the written into that contract, being like. You have to teach fucking Mayo how to do this shit. You have to do this. You have to do that. We're delegating some stuff. Okay, yeah. Then it lessens the blow, but you got to rip the Band-Aid off, bro. You got to. You ripped a Band-Aid off with Tom Brady that was still a flesh wound three inches deep, but now you won't rip a Band-Aid off with Bill Belichick when it's literally scapped over. All right, N-Ray.
1: Jack you got to clip that. you got to clip that shit. <laughs> Dang, I don't know why you wanted to bring this up. Now I know why. Got to get that off your chest, man. That was a good one. I like that. That was incredible. That was incredible. That was an incredible rant. Love it. Love it. I, I I, want Bill Belichick to finish his career in New England. At the end of the day, as a fan, as somebody who watched the last 20-plus years, I want him to finish his career here. I'm going to say that. I still think he has it as, the, as a coach. I will not dispute that at all.
0: If we had a chance of winning 10 games every fucking year, I would be like, I would be on your side. I said in the inaugural podcast that I will ride it with Bill until the fucking wheels fall off. Guess what the fuck happened the last 2 weeks before this win? The wheels yes. fell off.
1: Have they fallen completely off yet though? Can you really say that without seeing the whole season play out? Can you really say that?
0: Dude, we're we're two one losses five. away from it being
1: bad. I mean, they're one loss away from it being that bad. But as we sit here today recording on the 24th of October, can you actually say that the wheels have completely fallen off?
0: I mean, it looked like it the last two weeks.
1: It did. I won't disagree with you. I won't disagree with you, but the season is not dead yet.
0: And as a fan Oh, this this, this season is dead. The I'm season is yet. dead. I'm not there. No, yet. this win on Sunday negates what the season is about. The season's dead. We're not going to the Super Bowl. We're not going to make the fucking playoffs. We're not going to make noise. We might play spoiler at the end of the year. The only thing, the only caveat that makes this fucking whole thing great is if I get to do the ayahuasca hut and the Patriots beat the Jets in Week Seven, to, uh, Week Eighteen, and prevent them from going to the playoffs. So Aaron Rodgers starts that game, and the Patriots beat them, and I go straight into the ayahuasca hut with a giant fucking smile on my face.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, I I still think he's got the game plan scheme side of these things, man. I still believe it, and you know. Maybe you can call me an old fart or whatever you want, but I will go I, – I always said, I always said before Tom Brady left New England that I would go 0-16 with these two at the helm. And that if that's how it ends, I'm happy.
0: No, nah, my bird brain can't handle that.
1: Well, that maybe I'm just old, and I actually saw some of the losing seasons before. I know you guys are a lot younger than me. I'll say I'm the old fart. I'm the old fart, Kojak. Old fart. <laughs> All right. It's even an old term. That's
0: funny
1: as <laughs> hell. No, I, you know, I'm just going to say this. And before we get into the Miami talk that I teased a little bit a while ago before Joe decided to have an aneurysm on the recording here, <laughs> um, if they beat Miami on Sunday and they upset Miami again, the whole conversation is going to change based on the schedule going forward. We'll get into that maybe next week after that game. We can revisit this. And again, I'm talking to you as someone talking today. I'm not predicting anything. I I still have no expectations for them when I watch them. Am I going to get the New Orleans Saints game or am I going to get the Buffalo Bills game? You never know. And we'll see what happens next week against Miami. But Miami this week had themselves a Sunday night tilt against the Philadelphia Eagles who were – Also, five and one. Both teams are five and one going into this one. And it just, you know, Philadelphia kind of owned them in this one, in my opinion. I think that the two losses that Miami has had this year, they haven't really looked great.
0: And it's kind of, Miami hasn't beaten anybody. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can I say something real quick before you get into anything crazy? Can everybody shut the fuck up about the tush push or the 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 brotherly shove, whatever the fuck we want to call the play, whatever colloquial whatever we want to call that. Can everybody shut shut the fuck up? No. Shut the fuck up. Don't let them into a first, don't let them into a one yard to go situation or fucking stop them. Just shut the fuck up. There's one or two there's one of two things you can do. There's one of two things you can do. You can shut the fuck up or you can stop them and prevent them from doing it. That's it. That's it. It's a legal football play. It's a legal football play. I It's, just, it, 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 it's a cheap-ass play. It's a dumb-ass play. I think eventually they'll probably rule it out. But, like, it's, it's like – Don't do it. You can't do it mid-season, bro. It's just like – Obviously, fucking, obviously, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, I do I think it needs to be legislated against? Yes. But, like, dude, the, Jalen Hurts also squats, like, 900 fucking pounds. Have you ever thought about maybe they have, like – Maybe they did something, they put something together that, like, other teams fucking haven't. Have you seen the Patriots try to do the tush-push? I thought Matt Jones was going to get cut in half. Like, you, like, that team is good at something because of the way they drafted and assembled their fucking team. Are they exploiting a rule? And do I love that as a New England fan? Yeah, dude, that's porn to me. I love that shit. But, like, dude, if you don't want to get exploited by the tush-push, don't let them into fourth and one. And when they're in fourth and one, pick the seven fattest guys you can find and put them on the field and try to stop it. Like, I'm in the mode right now where, like, I would be pulling offensive line. I'd have, like, seven fat guys. I'd have seven 300-fucking-pound guys on the fucking field, I had seven. I might, you know what? I might go eleven we'll fatties on one play, bro. I, I dude, I think, dude, you just stack them behind. You know how they have the, they have the, they have the quarterback, and they have the two guys ready to grab each ass cheek and then shove him over the line to gain. What you do is you just get you get your own fatties in the backfield on the <laughs> defensive backfield, and you shove your guys into the de- offensive backfield. See, you gotta, you gotta play the same game. But then they'll throw one over the top and fucking somebody will catch a touchdown pass after they do a play action. But, dude, I just – stop complaining about it. Nothing's going to fucking change. Like, it's, it's stop it or shut up. Like, just log out of your Twitter or something. It makes me so angry. It's just like you, nothing – you going on Twitter and bitching about the tush push is going to make them do it more. And, like, you get shit on more. Like, just shut up. Shut up and wait to the offseason for it to get legislated out. And if it doesn't, who the fuck cares? Get better at it. Draft a quarterback that squats a thousand pounds. Draft a draft a generational center that's wicked good at doing it. Like that's what the Eagles did. Why are you mad? At, you're you're not mad. You're not mad. You're 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 jealous of the Eagles being able to pull it off. Anyway,
1: I hate the Tush Push. I have a completely different standpoint on you. the The NFL has gone too offensive heavy in this league, and I don't care what you say, it's it's too much of an automatic play for for the NFL. You're gonna get it no matter where you are. And yes, I get it. The Patriots obviously the Patriots suck at a lot of things. Let's not let's not let's not <laughs> let's not include the Patriots in this discussion here. But you get a team that can actually execute it properly, like Philadelphia, who has done it for now two years. They didn't legislate it out last year when it was like everybody was bitching about it. It's like, dude, every play, no matter what, they're gonna get two yards, three yards, no matter what. Yes, they are. Elite for for exploiting the rule and executing it to a T. Absolutely, I won't bitch about. I'll, I'll bitch about the Eagles doing it, but like, I'll I won't bitch that they're they're, they're executing a legal play. I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, the game has gone too offensive, and this is a situation where the league has an opportunity to come in and be like, no, and and not make a drastic change to the game, to change to the rules to benefit well, the defensive. Be, more. You
0: can't you can't push. Uh, you um, can't push the quarterback the forward. Offensive player from behind. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'd argue it's the quarterback because what are you gonna you gonna line up a, a running back behind him and get have him get a running start there? I don't I don't think that's gonna make a difference because there's gonna be too much time that has gone yeah. by for the defense to get their push as well. And at that point, I don't care. But when you're lining somebody up literally a foot behind the quarterback, he snaps the ball and you got these two big dudes pushing him forward, and you got a quarterback that can actually execute a quarterback sneak every single time. I mean,
0: there's no stopping. Just there. imagine putting like Trent Williams behind your nose tackle. To like shove him into the Eagles' backfield. Like, I don't think it, I don't think it'd make a difference. Yeah. I really don't think it makes a difference. I just want difference. to see the car accident. Like that would be, that would be so much mass on one field.
1: I'd I'd love to see a team to try it. I'd love to see them try it. And if they could stop it, there you go. There's your, there's your counter. And somebody's figured it out. Now everybody can copycat. It's a copycat league.
0: Everybody can, well, somebody's going to figure it out and the Eagles are going to be fucked is what's going to happen. It's gonna yeah. be a really it's gonna be really fucking it's gonna be a really tight game in the playoffs. The Eagles are down two points on the verge. All they need is a first down, they're in fucking field goal territory, or they the other team has no timeouts. They need one touchdown to run the t- clock out, they're on their own side of the field, they go for the touch push, they fuck it up, and the other team kicks a field goal and they fucking win the game. That's how it's gonna that if they don't legislate it out, that's how it's gonna end. The other thing I want to say is Nick Shiriani, brother, shut up. Just shut up, dude! Every time he, every time that dude opens his fucking mouth, I want to punch him through the fucking screen I'm watching it on. Or cry it's like during the national anthem, dude. I uh, it's just like I, dude. I, I cry it a lot. I get I get goosebumps when fucking fat bottom girls by Queen comes on, dude. I get I get shook. I get like it that. Up. I don't get like I get that. shook it up. I get shook it up. But it's like, dude, just like. The best part of your organization is Howie Roseman and how he put the team together, dude. Giving up two first-round picks for AJ Brown, drafting Devontae Smith, drafting Jalen Carter, drafting one of the best front sevens in football, getting uh, getting fucking Jalen Hurts in the second round, like signing DeAndre Swift. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of head coaches that Nick Sirianni that could be, and I just uh, I just I I he's the classic. Fucking does nothing, gets credit, and acts like the man kind of guy.
1: He's got a lot of talent on that team. He's got a lot of talent yeah, on dude. that team, and they showed it. They showed it on Sunday night. And uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles have been a team this year that has been questioned for some of their wins, saying like hey, maybe they don't they don't look as good as they did last year. They've kind of squeaked some of these wins out against some bad competition. And well, they they certainly made a statement. I would say on Sunday night beating Miami. Thirty one to seventeen, Miami's one of the favorites to come out of the AFC as of today. And they kind of made them look, you know, middle of the road, middler.
0: And Miami that got, Tyreek Hill to, oh sorry. That Tyreek not, Hill touchdown where he turned on the Jets to get under the ball. That looked like video games on the TV. It really did. <laughs> it was insane. I have a, uh, they quote unquote limited Tyreek Hill to eleven catches for eighty eight yards and a touchdown. When he's not, I don't know, I feel like if you if you somehow allow Tyree Kill to catch the ball eleven times, but he only gets eighty eight yards and a touchdown, that's a win. You know what I mean? And it's kind of it goes like, back to like what we were talking about with Buffalo. Like you shut down that. Like Jalen Waddle's good, dude. He's still a young player, but like, dude, you shut down Tyree Kill and that, and Tua kind of gets gets scrambled. They have no slot receiver. They have no blank. They have no security blanket, tight end or anything like that. A chains hurt, so it's kind of all on Mozart. They didn't really run the ball, run the ball a lot or well, so. Yeah, kind of a lot went into that, and I don't think I think the Dolphins are a classic. If you get them off platform, if you get them off schedule, if you get them off uh, off off of their game plan, I don't think they have a. I think I think McDaniel's is a good coach, but I just don't think they have the the dogs to do the in game kind of like maneuvering or the in game game planning anymore or at all.
1: More indicative on Miami or Philly? What would you say?
0: This says more. Uh, let me see. This says more about uh, Miami, I think, because I think this is the quintessential game that Miami loses. You know what I mean? You hold them under twenty points, you hold Tyreek Hill under a hundred yards, and you lose the game. So,
1: I, I I would go the opposite route just because I think Philly kind of put put an end to. Hey, we've, we haven't beaten anybody, and they go out and they beat Miami pretty handedly in this yeah. one. I I mean, it was kind of over. I don't want to say it was over early, but like they were out to a big lead early. And they were well, the only time he thought here. it was going to get
0: close is when Tyree caught that touchdown pass, and I think it made it like it was like 17 24, 17 21, or something like yeah. that. It made it like a one score game. That was like the only time he really felt like a threat at all from Miami.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we'll see, we'll see how each team responds next week. Miami's playing New England as we talked about. And, uh, you know, Philly, Philly's got uh, – who they got coming up next week? They got uh, the Commanders. So they got a pretty, I would say, an easy game for them. We'll get into that when we talk about our locks moving forward. But I do want to move on move on to this one. You know, Philly was a team that was undefeated last week as well. They went down – or not Philly. Um, 49ers. 49ers. 49ers, sorry. 49ers were an undefeated team last week that went down. And uh, you know, they had another matchup last night, Monday night football against the Minnesota Vikings, who were two and four going into this game. And it was a little bit of much of the same for the 49ers. They kind of seemed like they were weren't themselves. We'll, we'll 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 say that. And Minnesota, credit to them. They came out, they ended up uh, getting the win 22 to 17. Brock Purdy threw two interceptions in this one. Obviously, uh Christian McCaffrey was banged up coming into the day, he actually had himself a pretty good you know, game for himself there. But just one of my, my big takeaway from this is, are you worried about Brock Purdy? Are you worried about him and, you know, leading that, that talented San Francisco offense? You know, we were talking about them a couple weeks ago as a kind of a clear cut runaway NFC champion. And now we're seeing some, some holes in the armor. So what do you think about Brock Purdy?
0: Um, I think this, Kind of goes to a more overarching kind of quarterback trend uh, that kind of goes back to the last game that we talked about in Tua in the uh, in the in Dolphins and then even before that with Mac Jones and the Patriots. These young quarterbacks are products of their environment. Um, when he's on time, on schedule, and everything's working, Brock Purdy looks amazing. But when he needs to make a play outside of the bound outside of the bounds or the parameters of the play that that Kyle Shanahan calls in, it's gonna be a little squirrely, dude. He's not he doesn't have a huge arm, he's not super athletic. He wasn't a great college quarterback running around making plays. He's a system guy. He he has all pros on the offensive line, he has all pros on the outside, he has all pros in his backfield, and all he has to do is play point guard and put the ball in the correct place which he's good at. He's good at doing that. That's – people misconstrue when people say that with saying they're a bad quarterback. No, Brock Purdy is good at playing quarterback in that situation. But when you get him outside of that situation, it's going to look fucking horrible. Like, two of those picks – those two picks he threw were horrendous. Like, mm-hmm. you see guys – you see guys, like, throwing those picks in their first couple, like, games in the league, not in their second year while you're a 5-1 and one or 5-2 and two team. I um, – yeah, I think this game says a hell of a lot more about the uh the, the, the Niners than it does the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings did anything fucking special. I think they were just opportunistic. I think Kirk Cousins finally put a couple uh some people to to bed some some critics to bed when he when talking about how he plays in prime time. Thirty five of forty five, three seventy eight and two touchdowns and a pick. Pick was kinda of bad, but I mean uh the pick wasn't that bad. Um, it was kind of taken away from his uh, wide receiver even though he wasn't Super open, but um, yeah. I, I San just goes a tough team to read. I think when they get firing on all cylinders, they're basically impossible to beat. But I think when they they're they're the kind of team that they're got, you got kind of one chink in their armor, and they're kind of going to go sideways there. They kind of remind me of a, a rich man's instead of a poor man's, but a rich man's Miami. If you get if you get the 49ers kind of off schedule playing from behind, I think you can kind of make some noise there. Kind of exactly what uh, Minnesota did.
1: Absolutely. And I, I'm not, I'm not ready to write off San Francisco yet. I think that they're going to write oh, the ship there. Not. You know, I mean, Deepa Samuel was out in this one. So missing one of their key offensive weapons, Christian McCaffrey was dinged up. He only averaged three yards a carry in this one. Uh, he did have three catches for 51 yards and a touchdown, uh, including a long, uh, long reception for 35 yards. But I think if, if they stay healthy and they were able to go, then uh, they're their team that they're, they're not going to go away easy. I still like them to come out of the uh, NFC. I still like them against Philadelphia. You know, I mean, they would have beat them last year if Brock Purdy wasn't throwing with a noodle arm, you know, in that playoff game. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens as they go forward. I mean, that's two games in a row, Brock Purdy's first two losses in the NFL as a starting quarterback. So we'll see. We'll see where they go from there. Um, so that brings us into week eight, week eight, and we get some big matchups coming up here in this one, Joe, I'll give it to you. We got our picks, so take it away.
0: Unfortunately, this project, uh, this podcast thrives on honesty and accountability. (laughs) So we will start with last week's picks. Um, it was a bloodbath to say the least. Um, I lost a pint. Bears lost half a pint. Kojak even got pricked. It was bad. Uh, I went 0-3. Detroit plus three. Absolute bloodbath. Rams minus three. Another. So, I'm going to pick against the Steelers again this week, but I feel a little bit better about it. But the Rams minus three, that was a loss. Washington minus two was it. All right. So, Washington minus two. Okay? So, the, the the Redskins are on the goal line with no time left. They throw an out route to Johan Dotson, and he fucking drops it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I am I'm getting pretty fucking frustrated with some guys doing some shit in the NFL, losing me some money. Anyway, brings us a bur- uh, brings us a Burges' picks. He yeah, had Miami. Actually, so d- full disclosure, we both had Detroit plus three, but we only counted it once because it was my lock. Um so he had Miami minus two as his lock. We just went over that. They, they fucking lost outright. And then our only win of the day comes from uh, KC minus five and a half. I uh, was a good pick by Burge. And then uh, we had the uh, under 39 and a half in New Orleans, Jacksonville that overhit in that game. So Coach X, one pick for the week, will end up going 0 and 1. We're Ooh. one and five for the week. <laughs> one and five for the week uh, brings us uh, down to eight, eight and one overall. We're two and three in our locks. Uh, overall, I think that's pretty good, for being honest. Two random guys who just started a podcast who aren't really sharp going 500 over three weeks of picks. I think that's, I think that's a win. Um, I think it might be time to start fading the BTP podcast if we're being completely honest. But I think uh, I've got some confidence in this week's picks. Um, so I'm going to start with my picks this week. Um, my two picks that I like. I like Seattle minus three at home versus Cleveland. You got a lot of uh, – you don't have a bunch of clarity at the quarterback position in Cleveland right now. Sean Watson's head hit the turf on Sunday, and he looked like he did not know – he didn't have a single clue where the fuck he was. He looked up, he goes, why are all of these people looking at me? Uh, but, yeah, so he's probably going to go get a massage on Sunday. We'll see a little bit more P.J. Walker. Um my other, game that, uh, my other pick that I like is a team we talked a lot about today as well is the Eagles. Eagles minus 6.5 versus Washington. Um, even though I respect Ron Rivera as a coach and I think he's a great leader of men, um, you heard some sound clips coming out of that uh, that um, that locker room after the game that were not things that you want to hear as a, a fan of the franchise. I, I forget, I Sweat or somebody – uh, who it was one of their defensive front seven guys. Regardless, he was basically like, I'm sick and tired of fucking losing. This fucking sucks. And I'm like, Dog, I feel you. And that's why I'm fading your ass this weekend. I got <laughs> Philly minus five, uh, six and a half. My luck of the week, I'm going, <laughs> I am going to fade the fade that I should have faded last week. I'm going to go Jacksonville, money line at Pittsburgh. Uh, it's minus 125. Jacksonville's laying a point. Um, So if you think about it, uh, if you think about it in different terms, uh, Pittsburgh is probably getting a point or a point and a half for being at home. So you're looking at Jacksonville on a true line being at like a two or two and a half point favorite. So I think Moneyline might be a safe pick here. Um, What I will say is that um, Mike Tomlin is a underdog cover and outright winning monster, monster. But... I do think Jacksonville has a little good thing going right now. I think they're going to get some good weather up in uh, up in uh, up in the Mid Atlantic on Sunday, which would be conducive to a passing game. I still think Kenny Pickett sucks. I still think they only have uh, one true offensive weapon in Kenny Pickens until DeAndre Johnson is 100 Deontay Johnson is 100 healthy. I'm not a huge fan of Najee Harris, but I think Jacksonville goes into Pittsburgh, gets the job done this weekend, and we can stop talking about Pittsburgh as some kind of dark horse or some some punchy kind of fun team to watch. What do you got this weekend, Bridge?
1: All right, so my first pick, maybe the last time I go with it, I'm going with my boys, New England Patriots, plus nine and a half down in Miami against the Dolphins. Week two when the the, the Patriots played the Dolphins, they had the Dolphins kind of on the brink. They had a chance to win the game. They kind of got in their own way and lost. It's kind of been the M.O. of the season this year. I like the New England Patriots to limit what the Dolphins are able to do offensively, and I like that the offense, what the offense showed me this week, I like them to kind of build on it. I'm not saying that they're going to be all of a sudden this epic unit that's going to, you know, wow people as you're watching them play, but I do like them to limit what Miami does best, and that is Tyreek Kill, Jalen Waddle. I like them to limit their production in this game. I know Tua Tagovailoa is you know, undefeated against the Patriots here going forward, but I I give me the nine and a half with the Patriots. I think it's going to be a close game. It may be decided by a touchdown. Patriots may lose that game, but I, you know, get nine and a half points going into, you know, Miami. I I like that as a, uh, as a pick for me.
0: Is that a, is that a road game or the whole game for the Patriots?
1: That is a road game that is down in Miami where the Patriots have traditionally not, not fared too well, but again, I like them. What's the total number
0: on that game? That'd be an interesting total.
1: The over under is 47. Over/unders forty-seven.
0: Oh yeah. So you know what, dude? Yeah, I would take. I would take the under and and Patriots tonight, yes. and the Patriots with the points in that game. I think. I, I yeah. Divisional I, opponent. Yeah, I agree. I
1: think, I think the Patriots will play them tough. I think that they will keep the game close. They may not win in the end out, you know, outright in the end, but I do like them getting the nine and a half points there. I can see the Patriots
0: losing this game like 27-20, 24-20, something like that. Yeah,
1: some something really close, maybe a last second field goal or 21-17, you know, something like that. Last yeah. second touchdown to, to you know to win it late in the game. Um, my next my next pick here is the I'm gonna take the Houston Texans minus three on the road in Carolina. Carolina this year has been a dumpster fire. Let's just call it what it is. They have not been good. And I really like what I have seen out of CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans offense with Tank Dell, Nico Collins, those guys, uh, Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce running the ball for them. I really like what I've seen as if you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, we've CJ Stroud, uh, you know, his future in the league and all that. And I, I like them to just, I like them even laying three points on the road. I like them to, you know, win that game outright. And uh, so yeah, that's that's my next pick. Houston minus three on the road in Carolina. My lock of the week is going to be on Thursday night football. Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road up in Orchard Park against the Buffalo Bills. We talked about the Buffalo Bills a lot
0: earlier. This, this isn't game. a Tampa Bay pick. This is a fade the Bills pick. Don't get it is, anybody it fu- it Don't is. get it fucking twisted. Anybody out there. This isn't it- a pro-Tampa Bay pick. This is an anti-Buffalo <laughs> pick.
1: It absolutely is. Buffalo is reeling from injuries. They just lost Dawson Knox. Uh, I think it was yesterday. The news came out about him. He's going to miss some time. That team is decimated with injuries. Tampa Bay, at times this year, has looked really, really good with Baker Mayfield playing uh, playing quarterback for them. They do still have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball there. I like them laying the eight and a half points there again. They may not win oh, the game.
0: The
1: I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Sorry. Getting the eight and a half. I, they may not win the game. But I like them to keep this game close and to you know be within that eight and a half window. So that's my lock of the week as the Bucks.
0: What's the total? What's the total on that game? Do you have over under
1: forty two? Over under is forty two. I probably like the over there.
0: I probably like the over there. I like the over there. If I was gonna pick, I usually my like to go unders, unders, and underdogs is kind of a good pair there. But I don't know. Baker's Baker's been playing good this year. I think obviously Tampa Bay has enough weapons.
1: Absolutely. So, be interesting to see. I'm I'm rooting for my lock to win because I root for the demise of the Buffalo Bills on a weekly basis. So, you can call it bias. You can call it whatever you want, but screw you, Buffalo. You deserve this. You deserve <laughs> it. Coach Jack,
0: what do you got? What do you got for a pick?
2: This yep. This, um, I got some player props for y'all. Um, I like Devontae.
0: Do you put an S on the player props with an S? I did. I didn't mean like to do that. More than one prop. All right. Um,
2: I like Devante Smith anytime and Amon St. Brown anytime. Um, but I'm going to parlay them together. Um, Devante, he's got almost 500 yards in the season, two toddies. And then Amon St. Brown's obviously, you know, he's real good out there. Detroit's at 600 yards, three touchdowns so far. They both average about 12, 12 yards per catch. Um, the lines aren't out just yet for the player pros, but I'm definitely going to parlay those two together.
0: So it's Devontae Adams and Amos, Amon Ross St. Brown. Devonta Smith, Devonta
2: Devontae Smith.
0: Devontae
2: Smith. Oh. Buddy.
0: I
1: like it. I like it. I don't know if I like the parlay there. I'm not, not a, big a parlay. parlay at I hate... You said you were going to parlay them that. together. Hell yeah. I'm not a parlay guy. Oh. So Alright, we're
0: actually what we're gonna do here is we're gonna do the thing called give the give the person enough rope to hang themselves. That's a great pick, coach.
2: A. Listen, I'm gonna come back this time next week and tell you guys how much fucking money I want, and you guys are gonna do shit about it.
0: I want it a four I do. want a four unit play. I want a four unit play on that fucking fucking asshole. <laughs>
1: All right, well. There you guys have it. We got we got everything for you. We got the, the picks, we got the player props, you know, fade us, slam us, no matter how you want to do it. Oz. Let us let us hear about it. Let us hear about <laughs> it.
0: Uh resume. We're good. That was funny. <laughs> that was good as hell.
1: Oh man. Well, slam us if you want if you want. I can't do it, bro. <laughs> Fucking end this shit. All this right. all it.
0: right.
1: I think that's a good time to plug it up here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, dog. I can't. You, you can't edit this out. It's going to make it the final, no. final cut,
2: day. No. baby. It's definitely staying. I'm sending it right to Daigle. Do that's it. So do good. it.
1: <laughs> well, as always, you guys can follow us on the Twitter machine, X machine, whatever you want to call it, at BTP underscore podcast underscore. I'm on the X machine at Goalie. If you want to slam me, hit me up. And <laughs> I <can't>. Joe, Sh- <laughs> Joe sure please don't at- slam me. <laughs> if you want, to- <laughs> Joe Sherd is at the ju- the underscore Juicy Jew. I won't even say it. And Kojak, if you want to, you want to, you want to fade him or slam him at Allen Thirteen Brennan. <laughs> You guys got any you guys got any final thoughts before we uh, we, we plug this thing up and end it
0: no yeah. dude <laughs> <laughs> Oh I just can't wait to get slammed this weekend
1: <laughs> All right well thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next week guys have a good one. Thanks everyone <laughs> later.